What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, May 4th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe. With me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Hottest team in Chicago, the White Sox. Who would have thought after last week's show? We're going to get to that. We're back, baby! The good Reverend K. Fids. Timeline is so much more enjoyable when the White Sox win ball games, and it was a really rough 11 days of suffering uh, uh, through some, I mean, just on tilt tweets, I guess. So welcome yeah. back. Welcome back, guys. And NASCAR Rich. You know, it's funny that the White Sox have been good because, like, last week, you know, I always come home, like, late from work. So I try and tune in around, like, the seventh or eighth inning. I turn it on last week. It's like 7 nothing. Well, you know what happens. Next day, I turn it back on. It's like 12 nothing. I was like, what the fuck? Going on? It was nice yesterday to finally turn it on, and they were like in a competitive game. It was it was very nice. Yep, yep, yep. So we're going to be talking about uh, the White Sox. We're going to be talking about Liam Hendricks. We're going to be talking about Hanser Alberto not getting a runner out. Um, <laughs> sorry, White Sox are playing the Twins as we record this. More Sox uh, injuries. More Sox injuries. Cubs. Yeah, we got to get to the bottom of this thing, man. I follow probably about a handful of Cubs accounts because of this show and you guys are all pissed off about the same goddamn thing so we'll get to that and probably you know by now this does not always go as planned so with all that being said let's tap this keg free build of the favorites we here for the latest south side or the north side not tuned to the greatest home team for the home teams both sides got our own rings on the mound or the long ball but we don't put the wrong strings yeah it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on a boy. This show is brought to you by Sports Micro, sportsmicro.com. Download the app, turn on push notifications, so you'll be the first to know if the White Sox do have a winning streak. There you go, Mitch. Uh, and what's going on with the Bears? Big fan of what they did at the draft. Um, and also brought to you by Uncle Bud's 90 something hundred, I think it's 96, 9700 South Cicero. That's what they got Google Maps. Yeah, you, you, you won't miss it. White Sox are taking a toll on you. <laughs> it was go check them out. They got daily meal specials, daily drink specials. They got shit to do while you're there, so you don't just have to sit around and have awkward conversations. Uh, Uncle Bud's, we'll go 9,700 South Cicero. A win for Team Bunt right there for the Twins. It wasn't a bunt. What was it? He swung. He just oh, went off the it. top of his bat. Dude, so, it's the oh, Jordans. Uh, oh, no. Now it's a bunt. Oh, I'm behind you. Ooh. Yeah. Dude, Santos just fell on his ass in his Jordans. Anyways, it was a very hard 11 days, Fids. Timeline was insufferable. Watching the games was just brutal. I kind of got rich off it, so I'm okay a little bit because I, I did the whole fade the socks 
And, and you had up. the ultimate post of 30 minutes later, this didn't age well. And then 30 more minutes later, it was you know, just dunk on everybody. I've been on Twitter for over a decade. <laughs> that might be the favorite tweet I've ever had in my this, life. I mean, that was the most hilarious part. The White Sox, a 10-game losing streak, down by, what, four? Four. Down yep. by four in the ninth. <laughs> they pull off one of the most miraculous comebacks. Like ever, and they do it against one of the best teams in baseball. Or the yes. best team. It was just in baseball. Hold on, I'm gonna pull up the tweet because the comment. I feel sick of the, the fact that he was betting against the White Sox on a daily basis. The week after, he comes out as a Diamondbacks fan. I don't know what the I hell. Pick an NL team every year, Mitch. I know you're new <laughs> to this shit, but I do it every year. Um. Oh. Good play by TA. Good play yes, by. TA. That's like the equivalent of baseball adultery. You're betting against your team. You're rooting no. for an NL and an NL team. No, no, no. That's called that's called comfort betting. Yes. It's a win win situation. You bet against the team you love. So if you do lose, you still win. God damn! I tweet a lot. That's a that's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a that's a that's a pretty that's a UNLV thing too. I see that a lot here with UNLV fans. They're like, all right, here we go. Like San Diego State. I'm like, oh, all all is those doing is just on Instagram looking at some pictures. That's all he's doing. He's yeah. not he's not going all the way. Oh, they just did it again, dude. Yeah, they, they keep cutting people down at home. God damn. Okay. Good plan. Load the somebody else doing it now, right? Finally. Um, here. This was my pride and joy on Twitter. For those of that you that aren't watching us live, I tweeted out after Grandal's home run in the bottom of the six. And on a rainy and on a rainy day in April, this home run from Yes started what would be the greatest win streak ever. Direct quote from the World Series DVD. People <laughs> went in on me. Like they went in, dude. Because after he did that, Tampa Bay took a massive lead. But Rami was dropping pop-ups. I'm sure his yeah. tooth is hurting though, so that's okay. We all um, know we all yeah, know what bottom. happened, but um here we go. Missy trying to get me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this dude named Van said how it's going, and so I, once it, once the White Sox won, I got to very happily reply to the tweet. Eat shit replies. Mickey's <laughs> liver has a good one too. I'm, yeah, that was this tweet one. only. This tweet while only thirty minutes old have aged badly, and I Petty Zoe came out in full force. <laughs> Every comment got answered. This dude who's a, a I think he's a yeah he's a Rays fan. I don't even know what this dude. He said yeah about that. This aged well. Uh, sure, I hope so. Anyways, remember that against the Rays that ended up blowing. It's muted. It's muted. It's muted. This guy, this guy sucks. John, Mister J three six nine, dude. I I just got to the point where I was like, I can't deal with the negativity. Everything's bad with that guy. Everything like, is like that's the thing in in a in a season where like it was obviously shitty. I mean, ten game losing streak, getting blown out at home. Giving up uh, what was it, ten runs in one inning after Lance Lynn had a no hitter. You got to enjoy the little things because if you're not, you're going to just go completely insane. Right. And, but then he's the type of guy who, like, if Luis Robert goes like 0 for 4 for a night, he's a fucking bomb. They should trade him now. It's, it's like, bro, they play 162 of these. I mean, no. Guys like that are, Luis Robert goes 2 for 4 with the home run. It's like, yeah, he struck out in the six, though. I mean, <laughs> ooh. You're a special type of loser if you're going on like an eight and twenty-one team, whatever the White Sox record. And it's like an obvious joke. Like that tweet was like obviously right. I was sarcastic. It was out of frustration. Like yeah. it was just like a like, joke. Well, out of actually, that's not gonna happen. They start <laughs> watching. Like, what type of loser are you? 
I don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I, How did you trailed off on that too. <laughs> it was. It was absolutely. But hey, so- hey Zo, maybe you're right because they're two in a row. They're. I was going to say Sox haven't night. lost since I tweeted that though. They no. have not lost since I tweeted that. So I would like full credit. Did, credit did you me. guys. Did you guys see the stat before that win on Sunday? That was really sad. It was so Pedro Grafol got ejected back to back games. He had a longer streak of getting ejected than winning games. Yes. <laughs> it took it took till May, but Pedro finally got back to back wins. Finally got there. Yep. Was tough, they still so. haven't won two in a row in the same month though. <laughs> you know what though? The ejection sparked the win streak. That's there what picking the ass this team needed. So, All was right, and it was the saddest ejection and to ever seen. And that, that's what they needed. Pedro went back and read read Zoe's tweet. The second one definitely felt like Pedro was just like, all right, time to get these boys going. And he like got up and went out there and was like, I'm just gonna go fucking ape shit right now. Is that the one where they were down by like 10? Uh, Yep. And it was uh someone hit a home run and then the next pitch went right in someone's back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he came out and you could read his lips. He goes, He hits a home run and then my next guy catches one in the back and then I think it was Robert that got yeah, there was a lot of fuck yous being dropped, and I was like, Okay, I like wait no, that was the very first inning. Yeah, that was, was the very right, first. Was early, yeah, right? yeah, he he. Uh, it was one of those things too, where it was kind of like I think the umpire had said something about a warning, and he's like, "Is there? Uh, why are you warning us? If you're warning us, there was yeah. already an issue." Like, yep. so he like he he and he, and he you love it when they're getting. Let's go! Bases loaded. They didn't yeah. score one run in Santos. There you go. Are the Sox back? I'm. I have a new vibe on this team. I mean, oh. obviously they're what like nine and twenty-one or whatever, but like. Yeah. Yes, the, the vibe has changed though with this team because you had two not only back to back wins, back to back walk offs, and well, you've had extra pep in your step and incredible. Like Andrew Benteni finally get is alive, robbing home runs, clicking heels like he's fucking Gene Kelly singing in the rain. And I know a lot of you won't get that reference, but I, still, I got that reference. But, I took a film appreciation class. <laughs> He but, was sick when he recorded that scene. Fun fact. Recording all these talkies, are you? Hey, I watched that in uh, was it like middle school? Gotta watch that in film study. That's the that's the like big musical with the crossover from the silent film era into the uh, the talkies. Yep. The biggest thing. No talkies. Ed, the biggest talkies. thing for the White Sox right now. I mean, sees through a billion pitches again on Wednesday night tonight. Whatever. But you got better starts out of like a guy like Michael Kopech, Lucas Giolito's finally rolling a little bit. So the bullpen's not getting that tax, but then you're getting guys that you didn't think would have a good year. I don't know where like Santos coming in here, throwing hundred mile an hour sinkers. Let's fucking go. Sign me up for that shit. And I give Pedro credit. He used Aaron Bummer in the sixth, not in a high leverage situation in the sixth, which Aaron Bummer's struggling. So if you're going to use them, it- use them early. And I don't know if it was intended or not, but it actually worked out well because the Twins substituted a lot of their lefties. And so now they got all these bench guys in, and the White Sox, as we know, don't have like the rest of their bullpens all righty. So they took out Nick Gordon early. I mean, they took out a lot of hitters in the sixth inning that I think is going to come back to bite them later in this game yep. just because, well, as the people are listening. So Jared, Jared Faust at Jared underscore Faust just tweeted us, which if you guys don't want to get in the comments, you could tweet us. I have Twitter on this monitor. Please talk about Santos being her future closer. I mean, he throws heat. He's got some movement, but so does Raylo. He's I... always thrown gas. His biggest issue, even like before he came over here, was the, the strike zone is very inconsistent. He gives a lot of base runners. And I mean, you saw it this last inning too. The bases were loaded. Uh, and I don't know if that's necessarily what you want 
is as your closer is a guy that's letting. Yeah, I mean, you got to. I mean, I don't mind if like let's say they're they're playing like the Royals and they're up like. Ta three hits. Yeah, they're up like uh, six to two, and it's not really a save situation, but there's still some skin in the game. Let Santos yeah. try to close that game. Like that's yeah, the, we can give up a run and it doesn't really matter. There's just some things, and like we've seen it for years now. They're like, there's just there is as much as we think it it's dumb to think about, but like there just is a different mentality that closers have. Like uh-huh. the, to yeah. be a closer, like that is a thing. It is in their head. They need to have some sort of sense of that extra adrenaline, you know, fighter pilot mess up. Yes, yeah, it's exactly. Just, and then, fighter pilot mentality. And you know, we saw it with. Unfortunately, we've seen it with Ronaldo Lopez, who looked fantastic as a reliever last year. And this year, he just hasn't been that good. No, and it's between his ears. His stuff is fine. It's just he's leaving stuff up. He's overthrowing pitches, so it's up in the zone. And, I mean, and I, professional hitters are going to tag that shit. When you're leaving pitches up in the zone like that, especially with the fastball, it tells me like the, he's not handling the adrenaline well. Because he wanted to be the closer for a while. Like We heard quotes even last year as like, yeah, my end goal. Oh, boy. T.A. just got picked up. I, I was just going to say T.A.'s back because he has three base hits to right field. But getting picked off kind of sucks. Oh, they're going to challenge it? He's on the nope. phone. He looks just, very Just when you're getting excited about the White Sox, they bring you back down to earth. And, I mean, like, we were saying this last week, too. We're like, yeah, they're going to rattle off a big yeah, win streak. No, we're all going to overreact. <laughs> and it only took two wins. He's out. Like, I'm not going to, you know. we're. I'm oh, not well. Just yet. Speaking of the bullpen and TA coming back, yeah. so the eleven roster moves uh, on Tuesday. Your boy, one day, one swoop. <laughs> Your boy, Jake uh, yeah. uh, Dykeman out. Dykeman, Dykeman, rest in peace. Dykeman? In peace, what did I say? Dykeman, Dykeman, whatever. <laughs> not, Dykeman? Gonna, not gonna work here anymore. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's gone. Doesn't matter. He's fucking out. Wait, wait, real quick, Otani, 11, 12, and thirteen strikeouts through five, and they're Oof. still losing, and they're down four three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, my uh, biological twin, Jake Dykeman, finally got – he got booted. Thank God. Uh, what about Colas? Colas yeah, I was going to say, out of those 11 moves, I think the biggest – the most significant one is them sending Colas back down to AAA. I mean, it's wild because, you know, guys like Ian, who's in our comments all the time, and some of these other accounts that they follow the farm system, that's their niche. They all told you Colas was a very picky hitter in the minor leagues, he, he hit for contact, not power. And as someone that doesn't watch nearly as much minor league games, that kind of, I was kind of like, what? Cause when he came up to the big leagues, he was swinging for the Dan Ryan, every fucking swing. And he was swinging at everything. So that was I, weird to me. I think part of that was he was pressing a bit too hard. And was not only was he a rookie, but Pedro Griffin, and I, I generally have not blamed Pedro for this mess. I, no, I don't think a lot not. of it's been on him. I think he's getting more criticism than he deserves. But the way they handled him, they said before the season he's not going to be a platoon player. That was clearly a lie because he yep. was. He was not getting consistent at bats. So not only is he a rookie where there's extra pressure, then when he is in the lineup, then I think he's pressing because like he wants to stay in the lineup, and that created some of the lack of plate discipline that you saw with him early. Yep. No, I mean, I was laughing, like physically actually laughing when people were like critiquing Pedro's bullpen usage. You could put the best manager in the history of baseball in that dugout with that bullpen. There's no good option. Yeah, when you have, when you have there, there's no, you're, you're picking like the, the smartest dumb kid. You're you know rolling I mean? the dice. Like, yeah. 
Every it's one literally, of it's literally just picking a name out of a hat. With and the, so that, I agree with you, Mitch. I think it's a lot of uh, a lot of unfair criticism. Hopefully, Oscar Colas can go down AAA, get his head put on straight. You know, maybe this was kind of a wake up call to him. Hopefully, he takes this as a step that to move forward in his career, and he doesn't take it. He can go two ways. He could take it like this opportunity to improve, or he could take it as like fuck this shit. I'm a major league player. I'm not going to do anything in AAA, which unfortunately, from some of the stuff we've heard, I'm nervous he's going to take the bad route. The the other thing though is like this isn't that huge of a surprise because it's not like Oscar Colas was like a you know clear cut top 100 he did. prospect. He took some bad routes on balls in the outfield it's, too. It's not like he was uh, you know primed to be a stud right away. No. So and, and, and again, he really played up. Hazley was tearing it up in AAA before they called him up, and then he had that four for four game. Maybe they were like, "Hey, we like what we saw." Ooh, <sighs> buddy, I so this is what See? this is what we talked about on this show. There's no, they have the talent on this team that there's no way all these guys are going to be playing this bad for that long. And Aloy just hit a nice base hit to make it five four socks. You have Robert already hitting a home run tonight, and it wasn't a cheapie either. That was a fucking piss missile. Benton Tendy starting to hit and take walks and robbing home runs in the outfit. The guys are starting to play not even to their ceiling. They're playing to like they're mean right now, and that's all I was looking for. I, I don't need. Hall of Fame seasons out of these guys. I just need them to be who just they don't are. Don't be bad. Yes, yeah. bad is Robert Ben too. Like I didn't realize he had six home runs already. Yeah, well, he, he, he started out. Hot. Yeah, he started out hot. He was hitting a lot of no point home runs when they were down eight. <laughs> hey. it's like, yeah, but that's still encouraging though. Well, speaking of Lee's Robert, hopefully that's another guy who got a wake up call after getting benched from. Uh, and I, then whatever that was. Oh my god! Yeah, and then whatever happened, I I totally missed the post game where. He had the where he had to ask the translator what the how Oil's name was. Do you forget a coach's name? Like it's I get spring training bait. Even then like, that'd be bad. But like we're months into the season. In. And it's not like he it, like forgot the bullpen catching coach. And on he top of that coach's name. <laughs> forget the, the that was embarrassing enough. Like that that was bad. But the fact that he didn't tell anyone that his hamstring sore on a team where we've been like plagued. With these non-contact injuries, why wouldn't you tell someone to stretch it out? And that just goes to show why all these guys are getting hurt because none of them are telling the trainers when they're tight and they're not because like that's what the trainers are there for to help loosen it up before the game. Like what, I, that to me was baffling, but then explained a lot as to why we have seemingly more injuries than any other team in the MLB. Yep, fair. And that's a you can't. I mean, you can't obviously blame the trainers. They're not mind readers. They, they yeah, like how are they going to yeah. just see like magically, like with X-ray vision, some sort of, you know, oh, oh, he must be banged up. You you can watch body language when someone does stuff, but you know, I mean, was it real though, or was it an excuse? And that's what I wonder. Well, yeah, uh, Luis Robert just hit a dribbler to the pitcher. He threw out Eloy at second, but Robert hustled down the line, so it wasn't a double play. And that was the other part. There he, it is. Here, Once he got back to the uh, dugout. It's not like he told any of the coaches then either. No, he just took all well, of the shit off. He knew right away he was benched. Here's why I don't think it was necessarily bullshit with the hamstring thing. I do think he was dogging it, but like the hamstring thing might have been like true though. Cause like he did try and play through that wrist thing last year. So it wouldn't surprise me if the hamstring was bothering him and he didn't want to say anything because he's the type of guy that'll play through it, even if it's hurting the team in yep. the long run, because he wants to be the line. Yeah, part of me respects that, but the other part of me is more happy that uh Pedro took the initiative and was just like, sit the fuck down. No, yeah, for sure. I totally agree. You got to set the tone. I mean, oh, Gavin, God damn it. 
All right, we're still up. Um, but we keep Danny talking about Sheets, the, you starting right fielder. Well, we keep talking about the bullpen, the bullpen, and it's been bad except for like a couple guys like Santos. Raylo's good when he's not the closer, and you know Graveman's been okay. But the big news that I kind of wanted to start off with, but we kind of got off on a tangent. But Liam Hendricks came back to do a press conference, and we said it. When, when we were, when we first heard the news, we let off the show with it. We all got really into it. Uh, that cancer doesn't stand a chance against this guy. We all knew he was going to fight through it. And then, so Liam did a press conference on Wednesday today to talk about his treatments, what he went through, and what's next. So we'll start out with what's next. What's next is he said he needs three or four minor league starts. Okay, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he's already pitched him one and he came out firing and he looked really good. But the badass thing, too, is he showed up to his press conference in this shirt that yep. says struck out cancer made by a good friend of the show. Obvious shirts. Uh, I'm already seeing people trying to sell bootleg versions of it. That's bullshit. <laughs> Go to obvious shirts and buy the shirt at obvious shirts All he because he's an awesome guy. Anyone that buys that shirt, he's taken all the proceeds and donated to Leukemia Research. He's an original. He copied. Uh, oh, he's yeah. Copied idea. He stole an idea from a shirt that came out in 2016 back when he made his first shirt in 2015. He has yep. a time machine. Yes. Copy shirts. That guy, that guy was a joke. I was laughing at that. But Truth. some of the quotes from Liam during that press conference were absolutely amazing. A reporter asked him straight up, did it ever once cross your mind that you would not be coming back to baseball? He like. And when the guy finished the sentence, Liam was like, no, not at all. I knew I was coming back. And then somebody else asked him, like, what was your reaction when you first found out about this? And he said, you know, I thought of my family right away. But then the other thing is I asked him for a timeline and I figured out how I can beat that fucking timeline. Oh, what just happened? I just, oh, my game was low. Oh, so uh, Liam is an absolute savage of a man. Oh, and man. they, I saw an interview with Lucas Giolito. And he was saying, like, even throughout all the chemo and everything, that Lucas was in the in the locker room cracking jokes, making guys laugh. He was calling guys. But something that I thought was really cool, I know everybody likes to think that White Sox and Cubs players hate each other. No, it's just a city no. of fa- just moronic fan. None of them are from here. Let's get that yeah. very clear right away. <laughs> Second of all, like, it's only for moronic fans right now. But it was really cool to hear that Liam Hendricks – some of the biggest inspiration he got was from a Cubs pitcher sending him texts. I forgot who the pitcher was. What's Jameson Tyone. Jameson who Tyone. also had his oh, uh, battle. Yeah. He had, a, he had a testicular cancer. Ball game. Yep. And uh, just time out. Patrick Wisdom grounds into a double play with runners at first and third and one out in the bottom or the top of the ninth Cubs. Lose. So, so I want to yeah. explain to you. I want to explain to you the situation. It's hilarious. because I tweeted about it last night. Uh, there's a, during the Cubs game, the nationals had a, they tried a sack punt and it failed on them. Uh, the Cubs are the only team entering tonight without a sack punt all season. They tried. Patrick Wisdom uh, popped up in Cincinnati. It's like third game of the season. That's why you don't punt. Uh, the Cubs started the ninth inning Wednesday night. They're losing two to one, down by one. They start with back to back line drive hits. Line drive hits. Say Suzuki, line drive to right field. Trey Mancini, line drive to left. My God. First and second, nobody out. They bunted. Yeesh. Eric Hosmer bunts. Uh, I'm assuming it's from the from David Ross. Uh, Eric Hosmer almost gets thrown out. Guess why? Because he's fucking slow. 
So, but he beat it. So good. He hustled. He beat it. Cubs get first and third, one out, and then Patrick Wisdom hits his new dope play. Game over. Passing the dugout with a fucking off speed away, rolled it right over too. Well, like, I mean, Hosmer was probably going to strike out well, that, anyway no, or getting out anyway. So at least he advanced running to third. Because here's the thing. But Nelson Velasquez, who is hitting just piss missiles every fucking time he's at the plate. He comes in to pinch run instead of just hitting. Because Eric, <laughs> I, this team. So there's a lot going on here right now. And I just, <laughs> Mitch, they brought in Graveman to pitch the eighth. This yeah, is lining up for, for a Raylo closer. Yeah, I mean, the only other guy, because I can see a lot of suggestions for closer, most of them terrible. Uh, Graveman's really the only other guy besides Raylo. I don't even like Graveman. Pitching the ninth at this point. I don't even like Graveman, and I agree. Like, because you know, like, but luckily with Liam on the precipice of returning, we will not have to deal with this. Not only later. Liam, too, because that's the other bit of good news that the White Sox bullpen got is Garrett Crochet is three or four, uh, actually four or five minor league starts away. The reason being, they're going to try to stretch him out because they want him to be able to go more than one inning a game. That's like, and, and that you know, was it's interesting. interesting. If you read Sports Mockery, that was his first ever minor league appearance. Yes. Because they rushed him straight up from the MLB uh, from after the draft. But, no, I think that's smart for them because when he – the last year before he had Tommy John, he was super effective because you could throw him in the eighth inning in a high leverage situation. They used him as a long reliever uh, if they needed because his ultimate goal is to be a starter anyway. So that's why Crochet, I think, is one of the more valuable members of this bullpen because you could literally use him anywhere. You need three innings. Crochet is your guy. You need a big out in the eighth inning. Crochet can do it. So I, I think that's a smart approach on there, Ed. Yeah, no, I love it. And Fids, Fids's guy who was down with them in Arizona watching him in the rehab said he was throwing heat. And then he goes out in that minor league, his first minor league appearance. He's almost hitting trip digits. And he's 97, 96, yeah. 97, they said, yep. Yeah. Uh, and that's in, with control, though. That's the yep. biggest thing. Any fucking goon can go out there and give you 100 miles an hour. It's who's got the pinpoint. And he seems to have the pinpoint. So that's really good news for the White Sox. And all the good news is you got Tim Anderson back. As of Wednesday night right now, he has three hits, all opposite field singles, which is what TA does. But also he puts the lineup back to where it needs to be. No more who can lead off. Tinder leadoff guy. The big question mark about the White Sox right now is what the fuck is Joan Moncada doing? Like, we don't get a straight answer from them at all. It's Oh, uh, he's feeling better, but you know we have to wait and do it. It's what? So I have no idea. Like, and that's why, like Robert, I'll be like, okay, I'll take his word for it. If that was Moncada, that was like, yes, my hamstring was sore. That's why I wasn't running. Like, I don't think my, I don't Moncada strikes me, and I might be wrong. This is pure speculation, but he does not strike me as someone that loves baseball. He loves what baseball has done for him, but I don't think he actually loves the game of baseball. So time out. Uh, it's not Ray Lowe getting the close. It's uh, Kenyon Middleton. Okay. Is it? Your boy. Yeah. Middleton. Uh, apparently Middleton has 13 career saves. He got four outs on 12 pitches last night, and he's warming up ahead of the ninth inning. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed, it, I guess. But like, Yumper, but like Yumper says in the comments, if it really truly is a disc injury for Moncada, it's going to be a while. Okay, that's because what was it? It's like his pinching nerves. Key the nan. Pinching the nerve. Yeah, no, that's not bad. 
What he was pretty good before he got hurt. Like, because I think he went underwent Tommy John surgery. But, like, when he first broke into the show, if I recall from, like, the offseason when they acquired him, he was pretty good. And then he got hurt. And then when he came back, he was just never the same. Oh. And another hit for Grandall? Who was that? No. Yeah. Yeah, Grandall. Grandall's having three. a good game. Three hits? Three hits. Slow as fuck. But... How many? Yeah, and why does he hide? I was so worried when he was trying to run around that tag that it's going to be another knee injury because that's how he hurt his knee a couple of years ago. The same thing. He never slides these plates to plate. Top three worst sends I've ever seen. He was out by half a mile. It was absolutely brutal. But, uh, but it's good to see him hit. And now look at in the bottom of the eighth, no outs. Billy Hamilton is into pitch run now. I will claim. I will own. I should say. I will own the fact that I didn't want Billy Hamilton called up at all. He was hitting like 146 in AAA. What I didn't take into account was how much of a fucking menace he is on the base path. And that threw light in the Tuesday night game against the Twins when he stole second. And then there was a ground ball to the third baseman. And as soon as he let go of the ball, Billy took third. He's an absolute nuisance on the bench. And with these new rules, it even gives him more of an advantage. So... <laughs> I I was right there with you. It's funny when they re-signed him because, like, I wanted to make the team. He fan favorite, as you always say, big vibes guy. And that was, like, yes. the big argument because you look at his career, he, like, never really hits all that well. was like, yeah, but he's an asset late in games. And then, of course, when he didn't make the team, that was all thrown out the window. I'm just looking at the batting. I was like, ah, oh, we don't need to bring up this guy. But, like, no, it's true. You almost, like, forget about it because oh. how bad he was in AAA. But you get the vibes. You get a weapon late in games. I, I did. So far, so good. There you go, Fitz. the ball. Fitz. They put in uh, Billy Hamilton to pitch run, and then the first pitch, White Sox executed a perfect sacrifice bunt. I did so see got, that. Now you got Billy Hamilton on second with Steel one third. out. You, so he, Elvis Andrews is up right now, who's 0 for 2, but after him, you get, you get TA, and you eliminate the double play. And and here you are. You're also in a situation where you're trying to tack one on in the top of the night or, you know, yes. bottom of the eighth. So you can go out and close games out too. So this is, these are, these are bunting situations that I don't think, I mean, I know some fans hate it. These, these are the ones you can't really hate too much because these are the ones you're, you're, you're up. You're just trying to put pressure on the team that's down, trying to, uh, you know, put up an extra insurance run on your, uh, you know, let's see if it works though. This I is a huge that. run. Well, yeah. cause not only cause like with the bad start, these division games are more important than ever. So like, especially when you're trailing the twins by that many, like you, you got to pick up these games when you yep. can, even though it's still early. And also, and, with the shaky closer situation, that insurance runs huge. And th- it's morale stuff, too. You, you knock the Twins into a fucking spiral. You know, you mm-hmm. go out there and beat them. The Twins could start – have their own 10-game losing streak. I mean, it can happen. Like, things are – you know, they could lose, you know, eight yeah. or nine. So, you, you know, you, you beat a team. You get hot. Baseball such a game of, like, you know, failure, but also a game of momentum. So, you know, who knows? I mean, this would be a huge knock right here to knock their dicks in the dirt, though. Oh, they need, And, I mean, the White Sox don't have a closer. Let's call it what it is. You need, yeah, exactly. Yeah, run. that's why it's true. And here, here's yeah. another thing you like this situation because, hey, if, if Andrews doesn't get it done, you still got a guy on second and two outs. A knock still scores Billy Hamilton, no matter yeah, what. You have, you have, Andrews yeah. and, and if they got, want to pitch around him, you've got, you know, it just keeps going. So you got TA. On oh, that. you guys are going to love this play right now. Oh, fuck you. I know no, you're it's sarcastic. Good. Yes. It's good. You're going to love it. This is why you bought, baby. Base it. Bam! Nope. There you go, Billy. Great base running by Billy Hamilton, a fucking vet. So for the podcast listeners that didn't watch the game, chopper play to third. Play Billy runs. Yeah, we, we, we had a chopper to third. T.A. first. Bad throw. Billy scores. Billy. He's not stopping anyway, though. He didn't see. He's not running on the bad throw. He's running he on the field. No, he was going to. Yeah. Andrews hit a little right. number to short. 
and that's a good situation for ball players too. So that's that's a situation where you round on third, you're fast. If if it's a close play at first base and it's a bang bang play, that first baseman's gonna try and show the ball to the umpire. He's gonna he's gonna look at the umpire first. By the time that guy blinks, you're scoring. It, it, that's one of the best ends. Third, whoever's co- who's the third base coach now? Because it's obviously not a. Is it still McEwing? I think it's Rodriguez. I want to say. Kidding, kidding, obviously. <laughs> that's the one where you're waving. You let him keep going. A guy with speed like that, and it puts it now. Now, what happens? Tim maybe goes up and hits a solo jack. It's a double. Like it. It's a deflator for the Twins more than anything else. Is now it's that that one that run lead smile like the dugout, four. man. Yep. Well, that's closing right there. White Sox, Dave. He just tweeted out, you know what? Billy Baseball might be the ugliest statistical yeah. player on earth, oh, but dude just makes shit happen. And that's he does? He does? It was Eddie Rodriguez. Eddie Rodriguez, by the way, third base coach. Eddie the Jet? Uh, Tim, just morning track power. Let's see here. Morning track power. Also, I, I, I know what the Twins are doing. Because Byron, speaking of like guys like Moncada, Byron Buxton cannot stay healthy. I just, it's wild to me that they're DHing him as much as they are. The guy is a gold glove center fielder. I know you're right. He's got the bad hamstring. I know. I know. And I I said, I get why they're doing it. It's just as a. The the Twins are basically DHing like a pitcher. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, because Michael Taylor can't really hit. He's really only in there because he plays good defense. But yeah. Right. That's true. But yeah, so switching like, gears like a little the Cubs, bit. The Cubs have like a, a pitcher hitting DH. Going to the the north side of things, and this is what I wanted to ask you two about. Literally, because this is, I mean, like I said, I follow probably under ten Cubs accounts, not including you two. You know, like our friend. Cubs I was about to say, Kevin, we're, other we're people, in the elite, and but. For the last week or so, I've just been seeing all these Cubs fans all pissed off about the same thing. And it's the type, what it boils down to is people think that the Cubs are not putting their best team out there because your, your minor league teams are just, they're murderers role. They're like the 1930s Yankees or whatever. Like they're I mean, putting up unreal numbers. What but, happened Wednesday night is the perfect example. So you don't have to point to anything else, but we'll have who's, who's DHing most of the time for you guys right now. Eloy. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if it's the ninth inning, there's two runners on your trailing and you have Eloy bunting to move guys into scoring position. Instead of just trusting to get the job done because they've, well, no, that's the thing. Cause the guy that you're trusting to get the job done is Eric Hosmer. Who's been in <laughs> bad for five years. He's been a bad baseball, a bad hitter for five straight years. And again, it's fine. All right, they gave him the month of April. I don't know what other promises they made, but that's just that's that's bad baseball. That well, means that you don't on. care about winning. So for you two, one of you two kind of walk it back, though, for people that might not follow it as much as you two. What is going on in the Cubs minor league system that's causing this? Oh, I mean, Matt Mur- So Matt Mervis, I mean, dude came out of nowhere last year. He was undrafted rookie in 2020. 2021, he struggled to that and made adjustments in the offseason. Went from single A all the way up to triple A in 2022. A stud. Just hit for power all the way through. His strikeout rate went down. His walk rate kept going up. Uh, you get into spring training. You think, okay, maybe they're going to give him a shot, but they signed Trey Mancini and Eric Cosmer to basically be the DH first base combo. And then they also signed Edward Rios, who's another left-handed hitter 
who's mostly a DH guy. Paired with not- and paired with the fact that he hit like absolute dog shit in spring training in that little small sample size. He was he didn't I mean he hit what did he hit like a buck but buck fifty. I think he had like I think he had like tw- yeah whatever yeah it, it it became pretty clear. I mean once they signed Mancini and Hosmer, he wasn't yeah. going to be starting. Uh, and then he he went to play with the Israel in the World Baseball Classic, so he was barely even in spring training. But I mean again, he of course Matt Mervis is still a beast in AAA. He has like a nine fifty nine sixty OPS. He keeps walking. He's not striking out a lot. He's basically what you want in a hitter. So if it's it like, wait, this guy right... has plate discipline and he's still hitting for power. Holy shit. If Bring it's up, up to you right now, you're getting him up. Who, what move are you making to make room for him? And like, that's the thing. I keep shitting on Eric Hosmer, but as we saw it's on Tuesday's game, <laughs> on Tuesday's game, uh, I, oh, oh, <laughs> okay, Eric Hosmer, <laughs> bring that up again. <laughs> Bring it up, uh, Lil Yumper's uh, comment. He says Hosmer has a higher OPS plus uh, over Mancini. Eric Hosmer's making seven hundred twenty thousand dollars because the San Diego Padres are still paying him thirty-eight million dollars to not play for their baseball team. The Cubs can dump uh, Eric Hosmer tomorrow, and uh, I mean they don't feel anything. Uh, but that's literally a penny to them. That's nothing. Right. Trey Mancini's making $7 million this year. They're not just going to dump a guy who's making $7 million. And he's not an inspiration to the locker room. He's not an inspiration. Oh, but no, but apparently he is. Rios could dump Rios. uh, Big clubhouse guy. But that's the other guy. Edward Rios has uh, 20 at-bats in, uh, what have have they played now, 30 games? Yeah. Um, 20 at-bats in 30 games. He is up with the bases loaded on Tuesday, facing a right-handed hitter or right-handed pitcher. He gets pinch hit for so wh- why why is he on your team? Like what? That's a wasted roster. But I just bring in uh, bring in Matt Mervis for Edwin Rios. Keep keep Eric Cosmer in the clubhouse. Fine, cool guys like him. All right, he can be he can be in the clubhouse cheering up everybody. I don't care. And there's no service time anymore. So yeah, like, there's, there's really no that. excuse not to bring up Mervis. I just have I have no idea. I have no idea what their what promises were made to guys. And if they made promises, why are you making promises? You're not a very good team. You can't absorb bad players being taking up playing time. What are you doing? Well, the thing is, and this is where we're this is where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? With this front office. Were they really serious? Or what did we all fall for it one more time when the Cubs weren't you know what I'm nearly about, as ready uh, to be here? So is this, I mean, if this front office really does care about winning it's an easy decision to make like it this isn't this isn't like a hard decision it's a, a logical decision and yes we've heard this and I, we brought it up in the chat you know i've seen some stories out there some people talking about how like you know they're concerned that it might be bad optics for potential free agents in the future that we're giving up after someone after a whole month we gave you a month to get it done and then you're cut like so that, that's in that to, to us as fans we're like who gives a shit and but you got to think about the front office. You got to think about the fact that they already have a shit reputation with uh, players, the way that they've treated, whether it's Contreras to Bryant to Baez to Rizzo to Schwarber, all these guys down the line, the optics are already shit. Nobody trusts this front office. So I think that they're kind of goosed on that in a weird sense that if they do have to, you know, you bring in these vets and then you just, Hey, Hosmer, they, we love Mervis fans hate you. Even though you haven't done anything to be a dick, they just hate you because you're not 
Matt Mervis and you're just oh, mediocre. He's not good, Kevin. That's the, and, that's and, the other part you're missing. You are so biased, uh, Aldo. You should need to release the bias. Well, to, to go along with your point. You've been all over him since the day they signed him, saying you just you got to let that go. You okay, gotta okay. Go. what did I just say, Kevin? <laughs> Sorry, I'm fucking with you. So no, but what did, what did you're I just right. say? You're right. He needs to, did, did, He's a free. He's look. I've been. What did I, I, I just? Was, what did I just say? Bro, I you about Edwin Rios. Dump Edwin Rios. I didn't even care about Hosmer. But Keep you want Hosmer. to dump Hosmer. You want to dump Hosmer so bad. Well, I, I to go to your. Are you fucking different? Mitch, just don't what? don't give him yeah. the mail. Just let what? him go. Let, yeah. They gotta get this done. I'm it, sick man. of reading fucking 800 messages it, about this in the chat. Nah, you're, you're gonna have to read them anyway. Fact is, you're in that argument about Patrick's wisdom. I was reading an essay. Yeah, here you go. Here like go. a half hour of work. Well, here it is. Back up that conversation. If you're serious about winning, the Cubs do two things. They both get rid of Rios and they get rid of uh, Hosmer, and they bring up the guy that has the highest. OPS in all of professional baseball right now, who deserves to be up more than anybody else, which is uh, Morrell, Christopher Morrell, and you bring up uh, Mervis, and then everything's happy. Then you get rid of both the Rios problem, even though you don't have that left-handed bat. Fuck it, you don't need a platoon at third base when it comes to that. You let a guy like you let a guy just kind of play a little bit around, and and but what you don't do is you don't bring guys up to sit the bench either. And I have, I have a little bit of an issue. Even with the Cubs bringing up Amaya tonight, you know, Stro maybe Stro wanted to have Barnhart catching, but Barnhart's hitting barely under his weight actually now at this point because he went over tonight again. So you've got another bat on the bench that you're not using. The Cubs aren't putting out their best lineup, and 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 to all those points, that even seems I'm, to be the common theme I'm seeing yeah, from all the Cubs accounts. Totally trolling Aldo with the Hosmer thing because I'm trying to like equate it with wisdom. It's not even fucking close. I'm just joking, but. You have this situation where if the Cubs are serious about winning, there's no reason to keep parading out guys that are, again, one run tonight, one run last night against the Washington Nationals. That is not acceptable. That's basically like getting stoned against the uh, Oakland A's. The Nationals and they do, are a AAA team. They're bad. And they do have a decent pen, but they're bad. They're not good. And the Cubs, what, had four hits tonight? Four hits. And uh, that's the one run. And that was on a first inning, in the first inning. That's that's the other part where, like, I mean, the good teams lose against, or whatever team you you sometimes lose against bad teams. But like, you're just not when you're not putting your full effort into making the best decisions to put your best product on the team. Then yeah, you are going to get shit on because like, okay, they lost to the the, the Marlins, and the Nationals. They have all these issues with hitting uh, with runners in scoring position. But then there's like, it's not even an easy fix. But it's like, you can try something else. Yankees just walked. You don't even. Cleveland. You don't even have a left-handed arm in your bullpen. Like I know that Leiter is fine against lefties, but what are you doing if you have an entire bullpen? And even today they bring up Assad, another righty. We're not. The, 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 what I mean is there is is this is there no left-handed pitchers in I don't know at AAA? Maybe you know sitting hanging out bag and grocery. Yeah, one that we just sent down. If you want them, you yeah. got to pay him a decent amount of money. It just doesn't, it feels uh, like they're not making these spot adjustments. Um, and you know, oh, does, does it look like is Tyon going tomorrow? I know that they hadn't listed anything for tomorrow, but there you go, uh, Sox with three in a row. Sox went three a, in a row. That's a winning streak, baby. Sox have not lost since I tweeted that. Fuck nuts. And that's a swing. That's a swing. You Hold should on, keep. Gotta, uh, you should keep retweeting it, though. So. I gotta tweet out the. I gotta tweet <laughs> Rodney, out the oh, let's go. Yeah, that's a swing. Rodney, it never gets old. Mostly no. because they haven't won enough games where it hasn't gotten old yet. That's but still, I stand by the fact that that's very true as well. It's best very... tradition on Twitter right now. 
Uh, where is it? Here we go. You know what they mean to bring up? It comes to bring up. First look. series win for the White Sox, and it's May. But it's I'll take May. it. Hey, I mean, hey, better late than never. Undefeated in May. Undefeated in May. Down by the bay. Might make clay. But just bay. I don't know. I got nothing. Um, Sox back. Way to go, Slim Shady. It also looks a lot better. <laughs> no, more shooter, get, that was more Shooter McGavin. But... When you when you go from like nine, when you go to the single digit wins, and you finally get to double digits, like it looks better record wise. Even though you guys are still Both. eleven games. White Sox might have found a closer to fill the gap till Liam gets here. Kenyon. He looked. He was. He had some filthy fucking stuff. He was painting the corners. Oh yeah, he was good. That last pitch was that was that um, what's his name? Two that last. Yeah, that's crazy. That that last pitch drifted away so bad that Correa wasn't even close. He missed that by eight inches. It was a great final pitch to punch out. Absolutely. All right. Positive go. news though, because I mean, this Eric, there's the Hosmer Rios. Are they going to bring up Mervis when they're going to bring you up? I mean, at this point, it it literally doesn't look like it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. So this yeah. is going to be the same fucking story well, for, until he. Screaming does. into the void. We're screaming into the void at this point. I see. You know, Yumper's comment, this is all on the front office. This has nothing to do with David Ross. David Ross. Oh, yeah, this is, this is 100% on, yeah. David Ross is... does not call players up. The, no. the, the only, I try to give him credit, even though David Ross, I was, I've been pretty lenient on him. But the, this these past couple of weeks, but the only, <laughs> the only thing I can tell with him and not playing Rios is be like, hey, guys, I'm not playing this, dude. How about you... Get yeah, him I mean, off the roster. Well, going back, the only thing I, can think I, need, I need Jed to go on the radio again and explain it to us like he does every time that he feels like he's got the high ground. Instead, right now, he's ducking and covering. He needs to go on the radio and explain why Matt Mervis yeah. or Christopher Morell's not been pulled up. We need to have a re- the Cubs fans need a reason at least. At least break it down and say, hey, look, we feel blankety yeah, blank. We're not even getting the fake reasons, though. Yeah. I, well, I'm even getting that. Silence. <laughs> People are thinking that Carter Hawkins, the Cubs GM, is actually like chat GPT 5. Like they don't even know if he's real because it's just there's nothing. Going to your point though, and like I'm not gonna act like I'm watching a ton of Cubs baseball and know what's going on, but I do think the free agency thing is real, especially because like this team was voted as one of like the surprise teams in baseball by other front office GMs. And it's like no one expected them to win. So I do think to your point, it would be a bad look with Hosmer if you're sending him down right away with within a couple months of signing him, especially because I don't think anyone even in that Cubs front office really thought they were going to contend this year. So I think you give him, that's probably why he's getting a little bit of a longer leash than maybe you would if it was like a White Sox situation where like, oh no, like this team's supposed to contend right now. So kind of fading off topic right now, the White Sox owner, the beloved Jerry Reinsdorf, Jarrett's spoke at a conference this week and it was before before this win streak the Sox are going on was happening so people were down Sox fans were down bad White Sox Twitter was a fucking wasteland of negativity and then this news comes out that Jerry Jerry spoke at this conference I was more surprised that people were surprised no I I totally agree. Like he said everything that we already know, but what it really did, because like the fact he's going to come out and say like, yeah, we care. But essentially it was like, we care more about the bottom line than winning. And it explains a lot. If you look at the last decade of White Sox baseball, they like winning teams 
pay attention to details. And it always starts at the top and works its way down. The, the, he does not. He cares more about the bottom line than winning, and it works its way all the way down to the bottom. The, this team never pays attention to details. They're always in the middle of some controversy because the bottom line is always more important than winning. And like that's why you always see them, the center of the tension, whether it's the Drake LaRoche incident or, or the Jersey incident, it's always some shit show because it starts at the top yep. and works its way down. That's why they're not a winning organization, and they're constantly in the middle of, of talking about drama instead of a team that wins games. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing about when White Sox win, and I suggest you all do this, only when they win, though, is you go to the opposing team's Twitter account when they tweet the final score, like the Twins – Official account just tweeted out final White Sox six twins four. Read the replies to that. It's the funniest thing you'll see on Twitter because everyone has these memes. Like I'm just here. Actually, I'm just going to share my screen again. Cause you guys, this is fucking it's, it's like a time honored tradition. And I think it's absolutely hilarious. So there's the twins tweeting it out. First thing you have been defeated by the big baby and it's Eloy in a diaper and then Hamilton saying, I wanted known out there that we back up. And then score with runners in scoring position or the base is loaded or draw 25. <laughs> People just go in. Look at, they got these Billy memes on fucking ready to fly. And it's one of the funniest things. I'm sorry. I just find that absolutely hilarious. You guys should have definitely watched that. But wouldn't winning equal me more money? That it, one you can spend it, money no, on. No, no, no. It will, although, or Yumper, it will mean more money, but you have to win with oh, a nice. with a team, shut up, with a team that <laughs> wasn't expensive. Like in 2005, that was a fucking perfect storm of starting pitching and guys like Scotty Pesednik hitting his first home run in his career. Like shit like that, catching lightning in a bottle. They're not going to go out and pay for a World Series caliber team. If they if the team that they do pay for happens to make it in the playoffs, that's bonus to them. You see the difference though? I mean, that makes sense, right? Like they're not going to pay for the big money team, but if the shitty money team goes out and makes the playoffs, that's extra cash for them. What's sad is though they waste and that's exactly yeah, no, I totally agree with the point. They they waste a ton of money on like these players like Jake Deepman, for example, where they're trying to get all these patchwork replacement level players and now they are paying him to not be on the team. Same thing with Leary Garcia. They, they, it's well, that, well, that's it's kind of part. ironic. That's the other part. These past few years where like they actually did increase the payroll a substantial amount compared to their you know, franchise history. And then after one bad season, they're like, all right, well, fuck you guys. Yeah. It's hard to get for just not bringing in the right time. Like, to I, I feel like they could have spent over a hundred billion because they gave him the budget and he was just uh-huh. like, now oh, we just want to. Yeah. He, I mean, he's in. been, he's been terrible. Signing free agents. Yeah. And I mean, his only move last year at the trade deadline when the team was still someone in it was getting Jake Diekman, who we just DFA'd. Wait, and Boston was getting rid of him? Like, the reason Boston traded him was for a salary dump. Yeah. <laughs> and we were the team dumb enough to take on that contract. It was like, Han was like, yeah, I got you, dude. I'll do you this solid. It's been a... Yeah. And like I think we keep saying how we keep we keep painting it in a good way. That's like, all right, well, hey, the White Sox—they were willing to DFA this guy, even though they still owe no. million millions. That's a terrible. This is like four, three straight seasons in a row. Adam Eaton, Dallas Keuchel, and now Deacon. We were the moron that was like cramming at the deadline, like right before the essays due, 
where yep. like you pay someone to write it for you and it's like terrible like you buy your older <laughs> brother's essay like right beforehand and you still get the f on it because it was like plagiarized like that's exactly what happened with jake deepen he needed to make a move like this was like the last day of the deadline too and it happened it's like ah shit well let's make it look like we tried boston wants to get rid of this guy we'll, we'll, we'll take him and then the worst part of that reese mcguire's like been good for the Red Sox. yeah he's hitting over 300 <laughs> i mean reese wasn't all- a bad player for us we're, he was we're good actually, anyway we're actually in a pretty okay spot when it comes to the catcher position right now. Yaz is hitting. Uh, Sevy's a above average backup. Yaz apparently is throwing people out from his knees, which, okay, that's a bonus. But That guy got a terrible jump. Yeah, you watched I mean, that replay, that guy got a bad jump. Good for Yaz. Yeah, I mean, it's just really, it's just good for Yaz. But I'm, I'm not, catcher isn't where I'm worried about. You know what I mean? Like, I'm good for, good for Reese. Go for it. But yeah, I mean, his parking lot antics will fit up much better in Boston. Uh, ooh, Cubs guys. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, that's that we're trying. That that's what I. Cubs think. are just gonna be five hundred. So the the I comment says the other way. The comment from Ryan says, <laughs> speaking of the deadline, Cody Bellinger is gonna bring in quite the haul, right? Trade him while the value's high. He's not gonna sign an extension. Here's. Here's another reason why you need to see what Matt Mervis is. Like, honestly, do you trade Cody Bellinger who can move to first base if Pete Armstrong is ready? Like, do you, what what do you have to work with with a left-handed bat, left-handed first baseman? You've got to find out or because you got to know if Cody Bellinger's back, you can't let Cody Bellinger go. There isn't – I don't think there's a, a, a package if the Cubs are contending now that you give up a guy like Cody Bellinger other than trying to lock him up for the next three to four years. Like, I – He's playing well, and now even with a 500 team, I don't think you let him walk. If if you let him walk in your 500 team, you're 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 not serious. You're just that's not if he keeps this up, though. That's true. Still relatively, I mean, he's been excellent, but it's still only a month into the season. Kind of got jobbed for one of the you know votes of player of the month. I mean, he, he, but yeah. the thing is, like he truly has looked like there really hasn't been much fluky stuff. The eye test is great. In right what now. he's yes. in what he's been doing, he's not striking out a lot. Yeah. He only has a 16% strikeout rate. God, he's, walking. he's hitting the ball hard. He And again, on top of all that, he plays great defense. He's a good base runner. I mean, he really does look like he's back to his old self. Again, look, it is only, it's only been 30 games, but. I've watched the guy a ton. I guess I don't know if I ever, I guess maybe he was so good that it was like, I, I just, I don't think I felt like I noticed how incredibly good he is in the outfield because he's he. There's been some yeah. balls that off the barrel. You're like, ah, shit, and he's camped. He's camped. His first step is incredible. So it, it and this is a guy again. You're gonna bring up some of these young pups. Look, yeah, he's gonna work on his stuff. Maybe you move him to first base because maybe we're not. You know, maybe Mervis isn't it, right? And you got Pete Crow Armstrong comes back or comes up. You've got the perfect mentor, a guy that'll take his get, get get some of his reps over at first. But he's such a professional, he doesn't need a ton. Can go out there and then work with Pete Crow Armstrong who is a freak show already and turn him into like arguably the most elite defender in baseball. You have that luxury with, with Cody Bellinger, but you don't know if you need that luxury. If Matt Mervis is the real deal, you can figure something else out. Problem is Cubs won't know. Don't know. And and it's not going to know. I did want to bring up though, hypothetically speaking, let's say he, you know, he does keep it up. He has like, you know, he's, Still hitting around 300, has a 920 OPS come 
July. And let, let's take it just, you know, let's be positive for this hypothetical. Let's say the Cubs are in it and they're like, all right, hey, Cody, let's have a talk here because they do have that option for next year, but he can opt out and test free agency. I think it's for $25 million. Like, hey, Cody, let's, let's have some negotiations here. What would be a number? What are you thinking, Kevin? Because he's, he's only 27. That's the other part. He's still young. <laughs> it's not like we're talking about a 30-year-old dude. He's only 27. You're looking at a 22. I mean, this kind of production, I think, the way the market is now, after we saw this offseason, guys are going to get paid more. Like, so the numbers that you're used to in the past don't exist. So you can't put like a, oh man, he's worth blanket. You know what? It is, it's going to keep going up. So you're going to get a deal. If you get Cody Bellinger for like maybe like a three year deal with a fourth year option and you, you, you know, you kind of backload a little bit too with it, maybe, or if they're afraid because it's Cubs and they seem to be afraid to spend a little bit too much early. Or you front load it so that the back end of it's pretty easily tradable, and if you have the space, you can maybe you know mix around. But I, I mean, I think you give them minimum twenty two, twenty five a year. So I'd say minimum like three years, seventy, seventy plus million in a fourth year option with with something special. I mean, he's if he's if he's good, Cody, you've got an MVP. You've yeah, got I was thinking that, someone that, caliber. I was thinking that three year type deal, like we've seen with the extensions with Hap and Horner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after this year, you know, Suzuki's on the team for three more years. And if they keep doing that, it's like, all right, we'll have we have like this three year period here where we have all you guys sell him on that. Uh, and then I would even bump it up, like do three for 90. Sure. Why not? But I think the but that's the thing, because then he can still hit free agency at 30. Mm-hmm. So he get another can still get another big payday, just like, mm-hmm. you know, Hap and Horner are probably, you know, that's what they're hoping for. As Give him well. a no trade clause, spice up the deal a little bit. You know, you'll find somebody that he can be happy to go to as well. And it becomes a, you know, again, optics for free agents, giving guys a little bit more than they're supposed to, telling them that we're not going to fuck you over like we fucked over the guys that got us a World Series. Right. You know, you've got a long, there's a lot of rehabilitation that the Cubs up front office has to do. And, and, and you know, paying guys a little bit above market is one of those things that they're going to have to do uh, to continue to break that stigma because it, it's out there. Like, Free agents, no. Right. Now, with that being said, Matt Mervis is trending on Twitter right now. Well, I mean, he's trending every night, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's two things that you can guarantee every that you're trending on Twitter every single time after a Cubs game, Mervis, and then uh, Epstein. keeps. It's just always up there. I don't know. Those Hypothetical always... for you guys, and though. Does Epstein Mitch. prospect play first base? <laughs> oh, the night. Mitch and Zoe, what are you guys Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out. Uh-oh. Still, still, definitely very scared of witchcraft. That didn't just go away. Oh, by the way, did she? She broke the. Curse? Hey, she cursed. She cursed no, Mike Clevenger, not no, the White Sox. Missy didn't break the curse. No, she got. Oh, okay. two, she got two touched up. With oh the wait, sauce I did see that video. I did see. <laughs> she failed us, and I'm still upset about it. I but see that. it seems whatever she did is kind of working because they won three in a row. But it was a little delayed. Yeah, it's yeah, Sunday. It's just a little delayed. And yes, I'm. I will be scared of witchcraft until the day I die. <laughs> So that's not just going to go. Goose curse. Do you guys remember a movie? Different versions of that, by the um, way. One the of witches. Sorry about that, it dude. Like the a, witches was, with the, the big, ugly. Uh... Bro, that fucked me up when I was. Did you turn it into a mouse or something like that? Was that the one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that they fucked that into movie. A, a remake that wasn't as good. Oh, uh, with Anne Hathaway? That movie uh, fucked yeah. me up so bad as a little kid. And I think that's why I'm still scared of witches today. And. The reason I don't like clowns, I'm not scared of clowns. I just don't like them. I like to go Uncle Buck on them and punch them in their stupid fucking red noses. But that's like being the Burger King guy. It's like it's because of Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he oh. has a nightmare <laughs> in the hospital and the clowns oh, like, yeah. 
yeah. Fuck yeah. that shit. Fuck clowns. Yeah. I'm the way with the Burger King. All right. Well, we have to we have to correct an incorrect statement. Missy well, did go. get too drunk on Saturday, but she went back on Sunday. She did break it and uncursed them. Give credit. So shout out Missy for the three. She had the week. she had the little potion too, right? Then oh, and there he goes. Oh, oh geez. Oh, has he just get cursed? Oh so boy. Cursed. Oh, boy. these witches be wild. Oh this my gosh. We've lost Zo. Zo brings he, up witches. He literally was like, turned into him. He mentioned the witches, and he gets turned into a mouse. And now he's gotten reduced to the bottom right <laughs> screen. He's in the bottom right corner now. He's in the he's in the corner of shame, which is usually reserved for me. Look at Aldo getting the top left corner. Yeah, top left. Yeah, uh, the witches. I got a new mouse, and it's got these little buttons on the side that like make you go back on the web page. My fat thumb keeps hitting it. So oh, you got you're crazy. Well, we the bottom. Lunar eclipse. The bottom of the squares. What? Uh, can I move myself? I think you're stuck here with me, pal. There's a lunar eclipse in two now. Oh, right. wait, this is, oh, this wait, is better. Wait, wait. We'll go like this. All right. Anyways. Retrograde. Retro. Oh. Big Sox fan Zoe, who roots for the Diamondbacks while wearing a Dodgers hat. Yep. <laughs> National League team, man. It's in play. <laughs> it's in play. And believe me, I will put money over loyalty to the White Sox any day. Hey, I'm take... not going to tell you how to fan, but I am going to judge it. That's fine. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. You can judge me while I'm counting my money in my <laughs> DraftKings account. And I did take the proceeds from winning off of the Sox, and I put it back into it for the Sox winning the division. What did you get them at? Plus That's still blood money, as far as I'm concerned. Plus 1,200. Okay, okay. Let's get nuts. Some people got it at plus 1,400, which made me mad because I should have just get, Let's that, get back but... to 500 first. Yep. Yeah. Hey. If we win tomorrow, we're only going to be six games out of 500. God bless the AL Central. Like, that's insane. Huh? And the AL Central sucks. That's why all these people being like, oh, this shit's over, blah, blah, Do you not remember what division we're in? No, it's not over. Detroit sucks. We still got a buttload of games against Detroit and Kansas City. The Twins are only in first place because they already just beat the shit out of Kansas City for a week. Although Detroit <laughs> just doubleheader split. They, they, they took a Detroit's not as bad as – they're not as bad as they – they're getting good pitching right now. Detroit I mean, Fitz was always talking around the chat, like how hard it is to win a doubleheader. They just beat the Mets. Uh, and Max Scherzer in the nightcap. Yep. I mean, it is the Mets, though. The Mets are in a Mets, little bit – Mets are uh, Mets. Mets are Mets. Mets always bad. I always pick them to win the division. I look at that roster. I'm like, ah, this is the year they're going to be good. They suck. I'm an idiot. No, everybody – you're not alone on that one. I don't know. Did By you the way – uh, Did you see uh, Guerrero Jr.'s nice no, little home run Sox? in Boston? No. He put it across the street, dude. He hit it over the green monster and it landed like across the street. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, bombs, did you see uh former White Sox, Matt Davidson, hitting a tank off of um Trevor That's Bauer? That's my guy. Oh, in Japan? Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> that actually makes me smile. That's really funny, actually. It was more of a line drive. It, it was a piss missile, but yeah. Piss missile. That's the Pirates, uh, we, uh, we did, Pirates the, are playing we, real teams now. I was going to say the two. We didn't talk about this, although we were talking about the Cubs prospect. But the Cubs did have a couple of prospect uh, promotions. Um, your guy Brown, Ben Brown, who we think yeah, may be the best arm in the system. Um, Hayden McGreary got called up, pushed up to Double A. Hayden McGreary is one of the uh, college guys they drafted from uh, Colorado Mesa, who actually was the catcher. No, for you one would of love this guy. He's a beer drink. He loves beer. You he's a big mother. Guy. He's a hoss. And he's cool. Like he's gonna be a guy that's gonna do like Speaking a stone of horses. Where did I put that picture? Oh, Lynn, oh, no. yeah. 
Lance yeah. Lynn is fucking the goat, man. <laughs> yeah. Steve Stone yeah, said it wouldn't hurt him to eat a salad, so his wife posted on uh, her Snapchat or her Instagram a picture of Lance eating a salad. <laughs> Look at the flow, too. The flow is he, nice. He looks like a guy that's just going to wake up at 9 a.m. to cut his lawn because he doesn't want to do it too early, but 9 a.m. is his cutoff point just to get it done, and then he's just sits on his chair when his kids and he's just like, Oh, I've already done this today. What have you done? You just woke up. And then he falls asleep in his chair like 10 minutes later. That's what <laughs> that looks like. like. That flow flow up top too. It looks yes. like, got that, 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 like it's, it's, it's a serious little flow right there. Yeah. There's some flow there. I mean, look at those it. dream. Look at those dreamy eyes, eyes too. Look at the Come eyes. On, I'm mesmerized right now. Lance is just giving me all kinds of F you looks right he lo- there. He looks like Russell Crowe. If Russell Crowe ate salads. <laughs> But that's awesome. I love that he took Steve Stone's weird answer. I'll say weird. Very unprofessional answer. Well, Cubs fans, does that give you any like 2000, what was it, 2004 vibes? 2004? Yeah. Oh, man, that was. Do you remember, you remember that, right, Kevin? With, uh, who was it? Mike Rumlinger was one of the pitchers, I think, calling up to the, uh, to the, to the announcer's booth at Wrigley. Mm-hmm. Saying, Fuck you. During uh, games. Yep. Yep. Well, no. weren't him and like Lou Pinella like not uh, very friendly either? Or am I getting that mixed uh, up? Bob Brindley, it was Bob Brindley era, wasn't it? Where he was up there kind of throwing up. Yeah, I think it might have been. Class. It might have been Brindley because because I think the very next year Stone was gone. He was gone after right. 04. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, that's but that is one thing you always do appreciate about uh, Steve Stone. He does he doesn't give a shit. He will I say know. he will I, say. Well. Steve Stone is an excellent baseball analyst. I I think he will forget more about the game than I, I probably will ever know. But he's kind of an ass. Not kind you of. Know, he is an ass. But here's the thing, too. Look, Steve Stone got caught speaking baseball speak, which is what most older baseball, especially coaches, will say. You know, he's a he's a big guy. You wonder again. I didn't. I don't. I, I think his delivery sucked, especially being on like radio, you know. But these are conversations that you have as a coach all the time. Why is this guy struggling? Why are his mechanics off? Well, the single number one reason why mechanics are off, usually by a pitcher, is fatigue. And maybe there's fatigue. So what causes the fatigue? Is he, you know, is he not taking care of himself before the game? Is he just not getting enough sleep? Is he blankety blank? And so you look at what he says. And Steve Stone, obviously, in, in, as an older guy, back in the day, you just say, yeah, dude, a, Rick Russell didn't care that someone called him fat. Who cares? You're a pitcher. John Cruck, I'm a baseball player, not an athlete. Like, embrace the big, too. Don't be so self, you know, he, and he wasn't sensitive, but Sox fans who like to jump on Steve Stone got really sensitive about it. The fact is, you look at all the options, and it, maybe it's, you know, whatever the, was causing the, the lapse in mechanics, you can't rule out the fact that he doesn't get to take the blows that he needs on occasion, as a big guy, look, say, well, he's averaging this time. You know, yeah, he averages that time, but that doesn't mean every pitch he's delivering the baseball at 11 seconds. There's also pitches in the past where he could be like, I'm a little bit gassy. Let me just take a walk around the bump, get my, get my oxygen back and get back up. And that might be a 25 to 30 second moment. And he doesn't get to have those. It's back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. It's the average time now is literally the average time. And that could be exhausting. You know, any pitcher that's that that's been on the bump knows that there are moments where you need to step off and catch your breath. You're you're, you're going too hot, and you know that's the, so. It's a question of, you know, and this is why you know they say, well, pitchers don't need to run. Well, this is why pitchers need to run now. Pitcher, th- this is going to change. I think that this isn't like an isolated incident. I think there's other guys that are having mechanical issues too that aren't used to not having the spell of rest when they needed it. Now it's forced upon them that you get your 15 and that's all you get. You don't get your 25 and your 10. 
you might work fast for five straight pitches, go 50, you know, 10 seconds or less, but maybe you need that 30 seconds on pitch six or seven, you know? And so it's, it, I, I don't think that he was being, I think his delivery sucked ass, but I don't think he's wrong. I think that that's one question mark is Lance Lynn being a big guy in as good a shape as he could be in for the situation. And look again, as coaches, we were like, ah, dude's pretty chubby. That dude's, yeah, you know, you might call a guy Thurman Merman, you know, you're not fat shaming. You're just saying dude's, bigger than he, you know he's not he's he's not gonna win mr universe anytime soon you know maybe he could have said it he should have said it nicer but i don't think he's wrong and again throwing out all the different potential reasons why the mechanics are off and why he's throwing straight balls and why the ball doesn't doing what he normally does with so i don't know i i, I think people were just also it was said in the midst of some poor baseball by the white Sox. so you're gonna catch extra heat because everyone's fucking pissed and they're like absolutely uber sensitive to anything and everyone wants to rage at somebody, so it was an easy pining to, to to start raging at him. But I don't think he was wrong. I think his delivery just sucked. So I am so intrigued by what this video is going to be. It's pretty good. If you yeah. haven't seen this is funny. So, okay, okay. Wander Franco pissed off a lot of the, the olds uh, the with old. what he did tonight in today's game. <laughs> so old. this is the play he made in the field today. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Ooh, a little ball flip. Hey, what's up? <laughs> and then he throws out. And it's not someone slow either. That's Brian Reynolds. That's not. <laughs> that to me is like that scene for Major League where like Willie Mays Hayes catches like the ball on his hat and is like, oh, great play. Don't ever fucking do it again. That's yeah. what that would be like. As Guys, you know how many times he's probably done that working on throws against the wall? Uh, just I, against, I don't against care. Wall? That's a that's a self that's right there that's that's like throwing yourself soft toss man that's that's easy peasy that's but then he also did this later on I like it. oh speaking of plus one oh six run differential wait till they show the bad flip he pimped the shit out of it I don't mind that little toss though that's fine because that's actually a drill that's that's he's done it hundreds and hundreds of times it's no problem Did they show the bad flip in this video. I hope so. I don't think so. Oh, wait. Uh, nope. Damn it. You just get this little. By the way, this is the guy that Sox fans were so pissed about walking. Oh, in, you can see the front end of it. Like, he can't hit. Yeah. No, Wander Franco's very good. With, you can uh, see the front end of the bat flip, though, at because he, he, he looks yeah, like he two handed it. He two handed it because it looks like he yep. like pulled it up like a sword, like he was going to do one of these with stuff with the throw. I haven't seen I haven't seen guys do that flip on a throw before during a game, but I'm like, you know, there's also when guys, you know, look at balls and sometimes they're like off the wall and it's a double or the guys are held to a single because they're just trying to show off. And I always say, like, that's fine. You just better make sure the ball's out. And then, like, for this play, you better make sure you get that runner out. But, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you do that, yeah. yeah. But on then you're gonna if, catch if, if, yeah, if, if Frank, out, like on that play, you know, he bobbles the ball, whatever guy's save, it's like, yeah, you're going to get shit on deserved. That's it. You're going to do like it. Be said, it if you don't get it done. That's all. I mean, that's I mean, that's really the accountability part. It wasn't Yasmani Grandal trucking down that line. That was Brian Reynolds. That's. He, so Reynolds must have hit that ball really fucking hard for him to have that much time. Yeah. To throw well, he off. did because like he had to like oh lay the thing on yep. the side. Oh, Mike Trout just hit a home run. There you go. Are they He's still thirteen strikeouts from Otani? I think they tied it. They're still losing. I think yeah, Otani broke another record, and the Angels were losing going into the ninth. It's unreal. Oh, I think that put him ahead. They yeah. were talking about how like the, the, he pitched so well tonight that he he left with a one run deficit and that he'll hit his own home run and get a no decision. 
which is profitable. And now he's going to get a notification. <laughs> no, they got uh, Ray Clam, a.k.a. Oh. Jake Lamb, hit the tying home run, and then Mike Trout came up and hit the go-ahead home run. White I, I was on the Cubs broadcast Ray tonight. Lamb. You were. I had a tweet appear on the Cubs, the, the Miller Lite social scene. My stolen base number 11 for the best second baseman in the National League. Tweet. Did you get... Do you have a Why don't they shot? put our tweets about Mark? Yeah, let me bring it up. Let me go ahead and bring it up. My buddy John from high school. <laughs> <laughs> Where are those tweets? Where are those My tweets on the Miller Lite social? Where's the, yeah, where's the Mervis tweets? Yeah, where? Where's, where's, the, <laughs> no, where's the wisdom tweets right before he hits a homer? Where's yep. everyone hey, look. at the front office tweets? Look at that. Stolen base. Hey. Could it be any grainier? Scrolling. <laughs> I don't know. What the? No. All right, fine. Let's do this. Photoshopped. Photoshopped. <laughs> Photoshopped. <laughs> Is that better for you? Can you yeah, see that? All right, there we go. Is that better for the next time you? Because are you going to be able to see the next meth house you have to do a report on? <laughs> well, that was the proper AP style for we're going to take pot shots. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't use the proper abbreviation. <laughs> it's Caliph. That's <laughs> <not> the <today. laughs> uh, Yeah, that's a, so. Yeah. Oh wait, I went to the wrong. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I was watching the Golden Knights. They're winning right now. But yeah, the, look at that. Cubs. Look at that. The Cubs right now, they really do have like two of the most underrated players right now. Nico Horner, obviously, like top yep. second baseman uh, in the Steve. league. Justin Steele. He's pitching like, really I good. Think, Smiley's I think pitching he's like good the ERA too, leader. Drew Smiley is a sub three ERA. because uh, there's some good stuff happening. MLB the show does those top now cards for top performers, and Smiley's like the final guy. He's like the boss right now. Yeah. That's because they felt bad for him for getting tackled <laughs> in the middle of a perfect game. That that was brutal. That was that, that was, was so funny. Dude, I'm obsessed with rewatching this Billy Hamilton play because it's like a, kills, it's baby. like a 16 inch softball game. Like that's some <laughs> shit you do with that. Like you don't do it in the eighth inning of a major league baseball game, but yeah. it worked, man. All Are right. you guys at all? You dare give Rick Hahn credit for for making a good move there? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing. Romy Gonzalez like was just dropping, yeah. dropping fly he balls. He is ass, and the I Roman said sucked. before the season, oh, like everyone knew it was going to be bad. We gave him the benefit of the doubt because he was hot, but he sucks. It didn't help that your boy Han was talking him up. Like, I'll trade him if someone gives me the right offer. <laughs> like what? Have a jar of mustard pickles? Yeah, like. That was. I I did want to ask you guys, not so much a concern, but. Or I don't know, maybe like here's what, a, here's what an exactly? Actual, oh, go ahead, Aldo. You do your what exactly is going on with Cease? Because this isn't like three in a row now. Where he has good innings, and then he'll have a really shitty inning where he throws. But it's yeah, pitches. but it's going back to like 2019 season. Yeah, yeah, we won the game. I ain't too concerned. But I do. Okay. Like he wasn't gonna have the year he had last year was like historically good. The amount mm-hmm. of starts he had was like 15 in a row with yep. under three earned runs. Like. I knew there was going to be a little bit of regression. It's still early. I think the stuff is there. He just has those bad innings, like Zoe said. It's just a matter of limiting those, cutting down on some of the walks a little bit. I mean, I don't think he's going to be Cy Young seats from last year, but I still think he's going to be an eight, number one caliber starter. You know, and everyone goes through a rough spot. That'll give yeah. him the benefit of the doubt. Pretty much, yeah. It's always that one inning where he throws like 36 pitches. It just fucks up everything. Yeah, and that's why he can't go deep. And that's why Dylan ceased to record the win on the game today was like plus one seventy five. But it keeps, not, getting, but like it's trending. Like before, at least he was getting like six innings. Now it's like four. Yep. No, but four, like last five. year too. Even when he was doing well, 
he rarely went deep into games and a lot yeah. even that streak it was always like five innings six innings like he's never been a guy that goes deep into games. Okay. that's just okay. who he is so question from the comments uh from our good buddy healy had this discussion today will steel be a true number one at some point or is being a second or third pitcher his ceiling my knee-jerk reaction is yes, because it's not only that he's getting the good results and has been since last, I think since June, uh, where he really started to buckle down. It's He gets a decent amount of strikeouts. Like he's, It's not like a guy who's going to strike out 12 every time he's out there, but he gets a decent amount of strikeouts. And guys just don't, they're not, they don't hit the ball hard against him. But the other the other interesting thing about him as well is, that, and I was going to ask uh, you guys about Lucas Giolito. When Lucas Giolito was going through his amazing uh, time, like 2019 through 2021, was he mainly a two-pitch guy or was it more? Uh, was it from the fastball no, changeup or was it yeah, more? No, he had fastball changeup, a slider, yeah, and then he had the curveball he threw very rarely. Had, it was like a slider-curveball combo almost. Well, he had both. He just never threw the curveball. Yeah, the slider was a good wipeout slider, though. But it, his main two, he was without a, three, a doubt, yeah. were, were fastball changeup. Because that changeup was sick that year. Because right now the Cubs have, and it's two guys that they have. Well, you know, it's Steele and Smiley. They're basically just two pitch pitchers, which you don't normally see. Like you'll see that out of relief pitchers, right? But you don't see that normally out of starting pitchers. Right now, Justin Steele, he just throws fastball and uh, his slider. But I mean, that's Dylan all C's, he throws. But he's been dominant. But Dylan I don't C's, know if eventually Steele will be. Go ahead, Mitch. Steele will be a number one because let's face it, his biggest competition in the Cubs organization was was nasty. Who has a near five ERA and is more worried Look about? At numbers. Look at so, the numbers. Look at the numbers. You do not insult the name of Ben Brown in such a manner. The best arm currently just got promoted to Triple A, which is where we're going to go earlier. That Ben Brown probably has the best stuff of anybody in the Cubs organization, and, and this is what is he six six? He he is a he is a prototypical looks like an ace kind of guy. He's got the he's got the mullet going. He's long, he throws hard, and his stuff absolutely bites. It's I actually, but Steele will be a good number two. He doesn't have to be a number one because of Ben Brown. And Ben Brown kind of reminds me. First so Nancy's gonna be like a five, is what I'm hearing. But what what I'm saying <laughs> Ben Brown reminds me of Copa. when we're talking about two pitch pitchers or whatever, <laughs> Cease and everything he did last year, his slider was the most unhittable pitch of the year last year. Yeah. So, I mean, statistically, it's not just some meatball saying that. Like, statistically, it was the most unhittable pitch. And you're seeing kind of the ripple effect from that. These guys all over the league now are trying to throw low to mid-90 sliders now because that's what Dylan was serving up last year. Like, it, it's not so much of an off-speed pitch anymore. It's almost like a, a cutter with more bite to it now. Yeah, and they're calling it a slider. And you know, we've talked about it on this show before. You know, you're seeing all of a sudden sweeper is like the new pitch term all over the place. I feel like the sweeper is like the old slider, and the slider is like a cutter now. Cutter. Yeah, it's like things everything got like bumped up a notch or something. Well, I think the slider they were saying had the highest spin rate in baseball last year, and like the next two on the list were both fastball. Just J- Justin Steele, by the way, he has thrown. 319 four-seamers. That's crazy. Four-seamers, too. Four-seamers, which is theoretically supposed to be a straight ball. They call it a a gyro fastball. 
Yeah. He's, so it's uh, not, I mean, like four stories. That or, is it Euro or Gyro? Like, gyro. Are you talking about like the Greek? A gyro. Comes with little Zaki sauce. You've heard, you've, heard, you've heard of the Gyro Bowl. Yeah, but I thought that was only in the uh, Japanese League. That's yeah, uh, I mean, still throwing it. Yeah. Did he, did he play in Japan? They learned no. it. From, that's the thing. It's like it's his natural whatever the grip shit. he has. I want answers. It's not stuck at the border. There's not like an embargo on like learning how to throw a pitch that's thrown overseas. I just never but, heard it in so major league baseball being used. He's, well, that's the thing that makes it so weird is that you're supposed to that's that four seamer is supposed to be a catcher's fastball. Mm-hmm. And with steel, it's not. And then he's thrown 203 sliders and then 16 sinkers, six curveballs, five changeups. Hey, is it two pitch? But yeah, it's non-existent. Big. Everything else, but when he throws that slider, hitters are hitting one hundred and four. They've got a they've got a one sixty seven slugging percentage. Um, they're not touching the slide piece right now. It's 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 so filthy. But you got to be careful because this is a guy that's like learning how to stretch it out, and you can't go to the well too many times before the league finally adjusts. He's going to have to learn a third pitch. Um, but that's the nice part about being so dirty. So with these pitches, he's got time to work on it. All. But you're right. You do need the third pitch because he's had the fastball in the upper 90s. He had the slider in the lower 90s, and then he had that 12-6 curveball was, that was just unfair last year. Yeah. So, oh, I was gonna say, and the, the other guy uh, bringing up Drew Smiley. Hit, hit, look up his uh, his pitch totals, uh, Kevin, because he throws yeah. his curveball more than 50 percent of the time. Well, Drew Smiley's a thumber. He's 100 percent a thumber. Um, he's what you would call a thumber, which is a guy that just you can throw fucking seventy-five curveballs if you want. Um, and he's mm-hmm. fine. He's gonna. He's a rubber-armed. Well, not rubber-armed, but he's a he's a guy that can just handle the workload. All right, let's see. Um, shit. Uh, pitch visual pitch report. No, that's what am I? That's the wrong one. I clicked on the wrong link. Uh, let's go visual. There we go. Advanced metrics. What do we got? Smiley has so in two thousand and twenty-three. Smiley has thrown. 253 curveballs, 36 cutters, and 236 sinkers. Fastball is not even listed on his pitch selection for no, 2023. Yeah. His cutter is his fastball. Yeah. Or a sinker. What, 91 miles an hour. Is much, 91 he breaks the window with 91. So I remember a few years ago with when you Darvish was still with the Cubs and he was having his great second half in 2019. And there was a few times, you know, where he would get into jams and he, he can throw like 97, 98, you know, consistently with his fastball when he wants to. But he would always like go to his two seam or his breaking pitches. And there were times where you would be like, dude, just throw your fastball like you can throw 97. But then I think it was the Rays who started doing it. They're one of the first teams. And like, of course, it's the Rays that are like, dudes, I don't get, like they're basically telling the pitchers. If your best pitch is a slider, throw that. Yeah. If your best pitch is the changeup, throw that. I don't fuck the fastball. <laughs> like yeah. if you, if you if you're if you keep throwing a fastball, it keeps getting hit. That doesn't benefit you. That doesn't benefit us. And that I mean, I love that we're seeing that with uh, you know Drew Smiley, especially. I think he started doing that last year. He's like, all right, well, I'm not. I can't get these dudes out with the fastball. My curveball is my best pitch. I'm gonna be throwing it fifty. 55 percent of the time 53 percent of the time whatever it is mm-hmm. i think more teams gotta get that get to that mentality even though it could be annoying at times or like you know guys throwing it in the dirt when they can throw 95 right. plus but if what you just described though although is the jump that dylan cease made from two from 21 to 22 because mm-hmm. he was trying to figure out what the hell he can do in 21 and he was a head case and he was walking everybody last season someone got in his head and said 
you throw a fucking dirty slider, throw your goddamn slider. And it, he threw it way more than all of his other pitches. And we saw the season mm-hmm. that he had. You got to go with what's working, man. You yeah. don't got to get cute. No one gives a shit how you're striking guys out. Just strike fucking people out. It's very simple. I don't yeah. understand why it's like a new concept. But um, Mitch, I think it's time, bud. You, you ready to go? Oh, I'm um, ready. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why you all really tune into this show, it's time for the NASCAR Minute with NASCAR Mitch. Well, this week we were in Dover, the Monster Mile. Look up this trophy. It's one of the coolest trophies in NASCAR's Miles the Monster. Uh, It's literally just like a big rock monster uh, because, you know, Monster Mile in Dover. The race was supposed to happen Sunday. Got rained out. Canceled qualifying, so they had to do some formula to determine the order, which made for some great racing early because the order was all out of whack, so some of the fastest cars were in the back had to work their way up front. One of the faster cars was Denny Hamlin. He's trying to impress his boss, Michael Jordan. He's near the front. His pit crew absolutely screws him over, loses eight spots. He's pissed, trying to work his way back up. He's yelling on the radio like an old man stuck in traffic. He's like, Christopher Bell, get the hell out of my way because he's passing cars he already had to pass. So just a bad day in the office for old Denny. Meanwhile, Ross Chastain, he had a fast car. He's stuck in the back. He's working his way up through the field. He comes up behind one of the old Rick Ware cars, Rick Ware racing cars, and he just plows into him, runs him off the track, crashes him, and in the process catches Kyle Larson, who also had a fast car. So they were pissed. They were throwing shots at Ross. Ross Chastain, though, he don't give a fuck. He's working his way back up through the field in the old number one car. Now, Miles claimed his first victim early. My boy Daniel Suarez, he got caught up into the wall. He's out of the race. Took out Ty Dillon. He's a scrub, though, so we don't really care about Ty. Now let's get to the good part of the race. Later in the in the race, Ross Chastain had one of the faster cars. He runs down the leader, William Byron. He takes the lead for stage two. So he looks like he has a good car. Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin's teammate, Toyota, also has a very good car. He's working his way up through the field, but he's arguing with his crew chief. Now, if you remember, a couple races back, Martin Truex Jr. was the guy his crew chief told him to take uh, new tires, but they were scuffs, and he didn't tell him. So there's already some trust issues. So they're yelling on the radio like an old married couple. But MTJ, he works his way back up to the front. He has the lead late. Ross Chastain trying to run him down. Then Joey Logano in the back of the pack. He's had problems all day in his Ford Mustang. Fix and repair daily. Still lived up to the name. He had to pit like 12 times. He crashes. Caution comes out. So now this sets the stage here because we only got like six laps to go. Do you pit? And if you pit, what are you taking? So Martin Truex's crew chief, James Small, he's like, all right, Martin, you're in first. We're going to give you two tires. Now, Ross Chastain, he takes four tires. So he has the advantage, you would think. But because Ross took four tires, he had to start back in fourth pl- or third place. Second place is Ryan Berlini. MTJ, he's in first with his two tires. Can he hold on this last six laps? Ross immediately passes Blaney. He's trying to run down Truex. Truex, though, because he had the two tires, he had the track position in front, able to hold him off, gets the win, his first win in over 50 races, snapped a long losing streak, and we're heading to Kansas next week, baby. Boots on the ground. NASCAR Minute's going to be there live. We'll see if we can get some good content. Maybe we'll ask BJ McLeod what he thinks of the uh, White Sox's pitching changes. And yeah, there you go. NASCAR. Guy Danny Burgess been at too many Puerto Rican cookouts outside the shitty field. Guy got his hair braided, his oil changed, and his fucking cracked windshield fixed for $65. 
Guy's got Bad Bunny on repeat while he's eating fucking burgers, baby. I'm sorry, not be funny to me. <laughs> Fantastic. A plus NASCAR minute. An A plus Steve Stone. Well, <laughs> that one I can only usually I try not to pay attention to the photos. That one I had to double take. I was like, what the what are they find? <laughs> this one cracks me up too. <laughs> and then this is a gold one too. That's perfect for tonight. <laughs> But yes, that was NASCAR Minute with NASCAR Mitch. Uh, any of you guys got anything else you want to uh, say before we wrap this shit up? I'm telling you, look up Miles the Monster. It's a really funny trophy. That's one of the more bizarre trophies. They hand out a lobster as one of the trophies later in the year. But Miles the Monster, I think, takes the cake. Yeah, one of the more strange trophies NASCAR had. Fair enough. You think I'm joking too? In New Hampshire, they hand out a lobster. I mean, keep an eye on Miguel Amaya. Cubs did bring him up. He's been their kept the, the top catching prospect in the in the franchise uh, for a couple of years now, and he's up. And uh, Jan Gomes went on the seven day IL with a concussion, so he's going to get some at bats. And finally, if Cubs fans will get a chance to see uh, someone they've heard a ton about for what about half a decade now. Um, Zoe is going to go on a hunger strike until the Cubs call up Matt Mervis. Yeah. So this is on you, Cubs. This is on you. I'm already yeah. fading here. So uh, last but not least, for your punishment, you got to watch rape. Oh, I know. Every I'm ready for it. it. You guys act like you guys act like I'm trying to get out of it. You got to do it on a playback too. You guys are. You guys act like I'm trying to get out of this. I'm. I'll be. I'm ready to go. But I'll do a. I'll. Dr I'll drink a, a. A supportive thirty rack with you. Like there a, we a sympathy go. Rack. Sympathy rack. But last but not least, again, very excited about Liam Hendricks coming back. He's an absolute. He's got that dog the dog in him has a dog in it like he is the man yeah. also the shirt you're seeing right now on the screen struck out cancer go and buy it from our friend at obvious shirts all the proceeds are going to leukemia research go buy it there i've already seen a bunch of bootleg ass scammers on twitter trying to sell it that's kind of disturbing uh but <laughs> obvious shirts go buy it there it's for a good cause and he's the man so for Mitch, Fids, that's all though. I'm Zoe, and that's Naked Steve Stone. Uh, we will see you guys. Well, I won't. I won't be here next week, but they'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound on the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah.
can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change.